Hey, baby. Hey. Naomi and Andy here with yep. a quick cue slash request. Yes. So, okay, Acast is doing these audience surveys, okay? We put the link in the show notes. The link is going to be in the link tree on our on Instagram and everything like that. Here's the thing, Naomi. Yeah. You know, we're already pretty choosy about the ads right. that we allow on the show. No weapons manufacturers. Raytheon, get out of here. Yeah. Screw off, Raytheon. But we want to make sure that the ads are kind of tailored to y'all. Right. Okay? Right? Say you want to hear ads for a different world DVD box sets. We need to know that. We, we need can to go out that. to them. We can get the word <laughs> out. But we only can get the word out if you give us the word. So you got to fill out the survey. It is quick, quick, quick. And it just lets us know if the ads you're hearing are the right ads for you. Yeah. So get on over to the show notes where that link is or the Couples Therapy link tree and fill out that quick survey so we can pass the word on to ACAST. All right. Roll it. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Open your hearts. Loosen your butts. It's time for Couples Therapy. Yeah, this podcast is Andy and Naomi's, where they can both laugh and hang with all their homies, talking excellent vacationing with brunches and cuddling, to messy situations, shits and conscious and coupling, from Netflix hookups to single them with some Hulu, tech sex, regrets, so feeling on your new jubu. They gon' talk about it, ah, yeah, you are invited, ah, needing therapy, I guarantee, baby, we got it. It's Hello, everyone, and welcome to Couples Therapy. My name is Naomi. And I'm Mandy. (laughs) We're a real-life couple. A real-life couple of comedians. And on Couples Therapy, we answer a couple of questions from a couple different listeners. (laughs) Andy, that was a little funky town start you did, but I'm glad you didn't have us do it over. Yeah, I gotta say, the the, the clock's ticking, Naomi. I I mismanaged my time. We said we would record this at a certain time. I'm not going to reveal exactly what time this is. Don't give people details. Because it reveals that I showered, <laughs> not in the morning, but later in the day. But I, I mismanaged my time. I, I had to leave. I, I showered. But like now, the clock's ticking. Yeah. If, if we don't finish this intro in enough time, do you feel it? Do you, folks, do you feel that kind of just like, it's like die hard. There's a bomb. Something's about to go off. It's a Bond film, whatever. Yep. Do you feel if I, we don't finish this intro quickly enough. Mm-hmm. My hair will be ruined for the okay, day. Okay, thank you. See, I those are the stakes. You have to outline the stakes. That's maybe why I'm not that's stressed. Why I that's why I was going. That was, that was, uh, I was building up the tension, Naomi. <laughs> I am a storyteller, naturally. They go. <laughs> <laughs> but if I don't get back in that bathroom to blow dry my hair, mm-hmm. it's going to turn out, I'm going to look like uh, it's going to be a little too Hitlery. Wow. Okay. Okay. So those are the stakes. Because it dries, it will dry on this. So my hair is like on this little slant now. <laughs> slant and if i don't go dry it 
I understand. I'm going to have to wear a hat the rest of the day. You know, I think you look good in a hat. It's very mask for you. <sighs> a little too mask for me. <laughs> too mask in a hat? Even in, a, so even in my Merge Records indie rock hat. Exactly. Or your DSA pink rose <laughs> hat. I said, I'm like, oh. I said, what a woke sweetie mm. when I see that pink DSA hat. Speaking of uh, woke sweeties. Yes, I love that. I was hoping you would do that. Who's our guest today? Whoa, my God. Our guest is the hilarious, the brilliant actor, improviser, writer, Mitch Silpa. Oh, my God. Mitch is someone that Andrew and I came to love in Quar, but... Mitch has been out here, okay? Yeah. He's been out in these streets. He is, you've seen him in many a Paul Feig film, movies like Bridesmaids, Spy. He's also been on the TV show All Rise, which was on CBS. Season three going to drop on OWN because that's where strong black women live. And he's just a great guy. Also, our favorite thing, since I love plugging people's IG, uh, Mitch Silpa and Drew Drogi have a very fun little web series called Two Old Queens Who Just Have a Minute to Catch Up. <laughs> it's literally one of the best. I, this is not hyperbole. It is one of the best things online. I look forward to it. Do you know, Naomi, this is the second week in a row. We fell in love with Andrew I Farmer. I know. I ripped Andrew Farmer's IG. Because of his Instagram front-facing character videos. <laughs> we have fallen in love with Mitch because of his comedic videos online yes and it's just a, like just just references just esoteric <laughs> random references to old hollywood to old hollywood exactly old famous people and it's just very funny and brilliant just like all of the stuff i've seen bitch do all of his videos online are extremely funny so uh, classic a this, classic talent this, I, this was great because we didn't know mitch going in i know so we really came into this cold you know it was very much like tell us your story and who baby what a story what a story he had to tell Oh, and we're going to, I won't spill the the beans at the moment, mm-hmm. but I will tell you, we talk about something, uh, uh, a thing he was on on TV, and uh, he sent us a clip of it, which we will put on our Instagram. So Absolutely. Look, look so, okay, so right now, honestly, just go to at Couples Therapy Pod on IG, and then you can thank us after. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, by the way, before we get into the episode, a uh, little bit of housekeeping. Yeah, I mean, someone sent us in a comment. Okay. Okay. Someone I've heard of it. sent us in a comment. I've heard of a comment. Now, we can't. We get a lot of comments. Can't read them all. No, 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 no. I also try not to because you know what? If I don't want to read the bad, I can't just be cherry picking the good. This so is not a I don't, comment. I don't listen to nothing about us. I know, but just in general, <laughs> I just don't be looking. This is uh, so. Uh, this is about uh, uh, an advice question. I forget mm-hmm. which episode this was exactly. Maybe you can remember. Uh, hi, Naomi and Andy. I've been thinking about the caller during your recent episode who wanted advice about whether they should date a coworker mm. and haven't been able to stop thinking about it. Do you remember what episode that was? No. It's a couple weeks ago. Yep. 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 This is also the first time I'm sending an Instagram DM and hope I'm doing it right. You're doing great, sweetie. As someone who successfully dated a coworker, we're married now. Whoa. I have some thoughts. The caller was vague about their specific situation. If I remember right, yep, it was just like exactly. three lines. Like, should I date a coworker? Bad idea or great idea? <laughs> right. <Something like> that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm like, I need to know everything else. <laughs> the caller was vague about their specific situation, but most usually have written policies around what people can date before it becomes an HR dumpster fire. Okay. These rules are generally based on power relations exactly. and covering legal bases. But if people are in two different departments or chains of command, even if they're at different levels, they might be allowed to date. Mm. Not to mention that we're still in a damn pandemic. It's really hard to meet people right now. And a lot of people are changing jobs and careers. Plus, a lot of people find partner spouses at work. They're just not telling you about it. Mm. Here. 
A study by Bamboo, an online HR platform, found that 22% of married couples in the U.S. met at work. Technically, you and I met at work. Okay, come through with the statistics. We love a comment that has a backup, okay? <laughs> Give me those footnotes, honey. Cite your sources, Cite honey. your sources. That's what we say. Is that a t-shirt? Cite your sources. But it has to say honey. <laughs> honey. Cite your sources, honey. And a British YouGov study polled the percent of partners that met at work at 18%. This is a global phenomenon. Global. I think the caller should read their employee manual and weigh their options. They're not the first two people to feel a spark while brushing elbows at the water cooler. (laughs) It might have more (laughs) leeway than they think. Okay, I like this person. I feel like they must write for like glamour. Uh, Something like feeling a spark while brushing elbows at the water cooler. <laughs> that was very well written, very fun, very flirty. I really like that person. We've got sources, we've got fun, we've got flirty. That's so, how you write a comment. Cite your sources, honey. Cite your sources, honey. <laughs> Should that be a new thing? Uh, no, now you're just overdoing it. <laughs> like, uh, I don't think so, honey. <laughs> <laughs> one minute. One you minute have- for you. You have one minute at the end of, at the end of every episode. Our guests will have one minute to cite the source. Anything they said during anything the they episode. Read or well, no, anything they said during the episode, they have to look up sources. Well, to right, back exactly. Them up. Whatever, like, like anything. Yeah, like anything. But it could be like something they read or watched. You could even sort. You can even cite a TikTok. You know me. I love saying I read an article when really I just watched a TikTok. Nambi, uh, coming up, we got two online shows. Well, one I would call more of a hangout than a show. It's a hangout sesh. It's a hangout sesh. It's a hang sesh. We thought we would do something fun for the Patreon community. And on Saturday, November 6th at 5 p.m. PST, we are doing a Zoom hangout for the Patreon crowd. And uh, so if you're subscribed to the Patreon, if you're part of the Page community, uh, we'll just be doing a Zoom. You can ask questions. Yeah. You can... What's another thing you could do on Zoom, Naomi? I don't know. You could you yell can, at us. I guess you, you could can yell, yell at us, but you know, then um, it will end. The Zoom will end very quickly if it becomes too hateful. Also, it might make it very awkward. <laughs> well, of course, it'll be terrible. But I assume you yell and then you leave. You know what I mean? Like whoever yells, they like yell and they get out. But anyway, that's gonna be an hour Saturday, eleven six, and then. For a real streaming show, free for everyone, we are doing another couples therapy quarantine party. A check-in. A check-in. A, a, a check mental in. health check-in for everyone. Yeah, a mental health check-in for the CTQC, couples therapy quarantine crew. And that's going to be the Sunday, the 21st of November at 5 p.m. PST, twitch.tv slash couples therapy pod. I'm going to have a couple of uh, of uh, gripes. Yep. Labeled under Andy's uh, a bit I was doing called uh, Chaps. That Chaps My Khakis. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to have Naomi Hates. Andy's probably going to have a bit or a sketch where I play a character that I don't understand. And I'm sure there'll be photoshops. So if you ever watch the Twitch show that we used to do back in uh, the height of the pandemic, okay? It's going to be those vibes, okay? An hour of just goofing and fun and connection. And that will be where it always is, which is twitch.tv slash couples therapy pop. Yeah, and that's totally free. So yeah, hope to see you there. Yeah, and if you want to join the Patreon to hang out, which, you know, something we hope to do more often, these hangouts. Um, you can go to patreon.com slash couples therapy pod. Great. Naomi, I think I think it's about time can to I say get it? to the show. Can I say it? Roll it. We were saying before we started recording, we only know you <laughs> through internet videos <laughs> that we love that Naomi and I first encountered you because we just kept sending specifically f- at first the ones you did with Drew yeah uh, Drew Drogi, friend of the show uh, back and forth <laughs> and then somehow in a weirdly I guess parasocial you I guess is the new <laughs> word of the day sure. uh, way fell in love with you 
That's true. Oh, but that's we true. know nothing about you. Not a, not a lick. Oh, good. What, you're going to find some dark stuff now. Well, that's a great way to know, get to meet me. It's I an know. intro. It's very LA friendship. Well, do you do my podcast? And that's how you make friends. hundred percent. Yeah, it's very LA. <laughs> it's also like I was discovering uh, like for a while before, I mean, maybe it's gotten more sincere after the during the pandemic, but pre-pandemic, when people would say, uh, come and do my podcast. It was like the new let's do lunch, because sometimes you wouldn't ever hear again. You're like, hey, you need to come and do my podcast. And it's like, yeah, I never heard anything. <laughs> and there was never like a DM. There's no, no follow no, at all. Just like okay. one of those things. Hey, yeah, come. that's I, I that's the thing I've had to get used to because I. Uh, out here is the kind of like oh yeah let's hang out and it's insincere and I oh, remember yeah. someone who I kind of knew said that oh we should hang out and then I didn't take them seriously because I had taken people seriously and then they got weirded out when I followed up and then they were like no no I actually did mean that and I was like oh it's <laughs> so con- like why <laughs> yeah no uh, it's uh, it's a very LA thing it's a v- and I'm from here so it's I'm kind of from used- here I was just gonna say you have a Midwestern slash East Coast energy. Oh, I take, thank you. I take that as such a compliment. I don't know if that's self-hating, but I like, <laughs> I I have gotten throughout my life, oh, you seem like you're from uh, New York, which I also was like, is that code for like Jewish and gay, which is true. <laughs> and, and, it, and it may be like, oh, you seem New York. It's like, um, yeah, my dad was from New York. He came there. So it's my his family was from New York. So I have a lot of that in me. And I I love that area and stuff. But uh yeah, uh yeah, I grew up in the valley here. I grew up in <gasps> mostly really? I grew up in Encino. Yeah. Wow. I love the idea of someone being like, uh, Hell's Kitchen, Upper West Side, uh, something, <laughs> or Upper East Side, I guess, would be more Jewish. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Riverside, what uh, what is it about you? No, Encino. <laughs> But to grow up here and to decide to be an actor, that's mm-hmm. also a very different thing. I didn't think that's where you're going to go with that. I thought you were going to say, like, to grow up here and be normal. Well, I don't know if he's normal yet. Yeah, <laughs> true. No. Uh, I, well, OK, so to answer important uh, <laughs> questions, but to deal with both those statements. Yes. Um, I have found, though, people who are. Like I'm by no means like normal, but like the are are well adjusted. But like they're the people from LA tend to be more well adjusted. I have found because people come here with their dreams, mm-hmm. and sometimes that makes them, you know, a lot yeah. and and uh-huh. and maybe difficult to be in friendships with or relationships with. And I found that people who are from LA are actually more. Uh, uh, you know, I don't want to say no, normal isn't the right word, but like uh, they aren't as they, they don't have the dreams and a little more uh, level headed, level headed. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I but yeah, I'm, I'm the only one in my family who like uh, ever pursued this, like oh. acting right. Any of this stuff. I, I was a freak in a lot of ways. My family. <laughs> I mean, I was like typically like very stereotypical Jewish, like. They wanted me to be a doctor or a lawyer and, you know. But, <laughs> My story. Ooh, is that your story? Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, <laughs> now they're very unhappy. Uh, uh, okay. Don't say it. <laughs> when, when I told my family, when I told my mom and dad that I wanted to, because st- I always said I wanted to be an actor. Like I always loved doing plays and stuff. 
But when I like actually like sat them down to like say I want to like to do this seriously, and I was like 19 or whatever, I was terrified. It it was I hadn't I wasn't out yet, and it kind of felt like the first step to, of coming out. So it was the same terror of like, oh, they're going to reject me. They're not going to love me. They're going to be disappointed. And they did say we are disappointed. <laughs> but they shouldn't, not gonna, They were disappointed, They, but they didn't reject me. And I was living at home at the time and my parents, <laughs> oh God, I haven't thought about this in so long. They would do this thing where I would come home. I was going to college. I would come home and there would be an article cut out on my bed that was inevitably about like the odds of making it in oh. Hollywood or like in the oh. bag, like constantly letting me know. And I had to tell him like, I got it. I got it. My <laughs> odds aren't good. This is not helping. Please stop this. But I don't know where they found those art. They have so many articles about this. <laughs> uh, wait, what year is this? Is it like the nineties? Yes. Well, yeah, late eighties, early nineties. Because I'm like, I'm like, they could just Google, so they had to like no. actually go to right, the library. Exactly, they had to go to the library and like. Do <laughs> they didn't <research>. do that. <laughs> <laughs> they found it in the Times or in the Jewish Journal or whatever the hell they called it. Like, journal. Yeah, this is. <laughs> That's my mom was always very big into clipping articles. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, but it's interesting though, because also though. And this is what I'm used to. And Andy and I have talked about this a lot because he says he is a quote unquote waspy Jew. Because what I am used to is exactly what you're saying your parents were, which were like direct. Literally like, I'm disappointed. You need to read about how this is not going to happen. And it's like, yeah. at least there are, there's an open dialogue where you know where you stand with them. Yes and no with my family. I, I There was that very like Jewishy like, like in your face, the level of discourse in my family was yelling when we'd go to like Thanksgiving or Passover, like my grandparents, you know, all that. But there was also like a lot of like, maybe like a waspy thing where like, we don't secrets, like we don't yeah. don't mm -hmm. talk about this with other people or embarrassment or like, yeah. And then added to it, I had my own like secret of being like in the closet. So I learned how to like, swallow a lot and then also exist in a family where people would like tell you you're being fucking crazy right now <laughs> you're crazy you know so and yelling yeah so much yelling oh yeah there's yeah. a lot of yelling uh yeah that part from for all the like like we're not going to be direct about our emotions there was still a lot of like well, I'm not going to walk down the stairs to talk to you. I am going to scream from the top of the stairs <laughs> to see, you know, is dinner ready yet? Yeah, it felt. And also we felt like there was a there's a private and a public face. The In private, there was a lot of yelling. But in public, we're like, you know, it's that you're, right. be, you're yelling at the in a restaurant at each other. And then the waiter comes up. And you're like, oh, hi. You know, that waiter, <laughs> that uh, waiter. Yeah, that yeah, was us. But, but in the home, it's just screaming about where's the offer? Why haven't you found it yet? All year long? All year All long. Year long. They, we just, still haven't yeah. found the Offit Coven. It's still it the, it's behind a pillow. It went on for months. <laughs> the Seder could not end. I wonder oh. how many people get that reference. <laughs> the Offit Coven. Oh, God. Well, By the way, I, I'm, I'm going to copyright this right now. A movie called The NeverEnding Seder. <laughs> because they can't, they've lost the Afikoman and they refuse to end the Seder and it just goes on for months. Oh, I'm God. Copywriting that right now, right here.
And it's it's not going to be available on streaming. It's only in theaters. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. You have to go pay for this and go only, wait in line. Only at Film Forum. <laughs> only at one theater in New York. I mean, that was also kind of my nightmare: the never-ending Seder. Because the last Seder we went to, this would have been three years ago, probably when we were at your parents' house, and I was the youngest person at the table. <gasps> and I had to find the Afikom, <laughs> and, and I was her. like thirty-five. They okay, forced it was her. Like, wow. <laughs> That's amazing to be the youngest person at 35 and have to do a childlike thing. <laughs> I yeah. know. And then like the feeling that like they were all watching me and I was like, well, I'm old. I'm like, I'm an adult. This shouldn't be hard for me. But I also don't know where they put it. So right. it was like, Hurry, it was just the very- briskets getting cold, maybe. <laughs> That's not what my parents sound like. You always do that voice for them. But do they I'm talk so- like that? No, no. Not, a, no. Not, a, not a millimeter like that. <laughs> like they're in a Neil Simon play? <laughs> Exactly. But I remember just like, and I felt like it took me like a couple minutes too long, mm-hmm. you know? Because I feel, because again, it was like the whole, I was like, okay, is the whole house like in play here? Yes. Or should I stick to an area? You haven't it's... told me. <laughs> also, like, the youngest person supposed to read, I love that we're talking about Passover so much. <laughs> the, the, the four questions, uh-huh. I, I, like, is that the young? And so for a long time, like, I was the youngest person and there were all these kids after me, but I was, I don't know why I always had to read it. Like, I think I was the youngest one who could read Hebrew. So uh-huh. I, they asked me to do the four. I don't know. I, I, I kept <laughs> doing the four questions longer than I should have. You singing them? You don't. No, I never sang it. Okay, this is now too much. We got to put a mezizla <laughs> on this episode. Um, so like, Mitch, how, how long into you sort of pursuing this and doing stuff did your parents stop worrying or stop, you know, implying it wasn't going to happen? Uh, they never stopped worrying, um, <laughs> but I never stopped worrying. Uh, they stopped. You know what? It's a really good question. They, when I was in college, when I was an undergraduate in college, I did. They were the articles stopped being put on my bed. <laughs> I did a play at school. We did. Speaking of Neil Simon, we did Brighton Beach Memoirs, oh, and um, I got the lead in that, and and I did it, and then. It weirdly sort of, I haven't thought about this, but it weirdly sort of changed the dynamic a little bit. They saw, they, my dad, my, my dad would tell me that he would get so nervous when I was performing. Mm-hmm. And then that show made him realize, oh, uh, he's okay. And mm-hmm. um, so they stopped with the articles. <laughs> um, I don't know that they ever got to the point where they're not, uh, concerned or worried about me even still, but like, well, my dad's passed away, but my, my mom's still alive. But uh, he, uh, it, I think I, it just kind of went on and I started, and then when I got involved in the Groundlings, uh, like I, I, they would come and see that. And then I made it through the Groundlings and I got in the main company and they would come see shows, especially my mom was really into coming to see the shows that it, it just sort of like, you know, at some point, what are they going to do? Like, this is what I'm, <laughs> I'm doing. And now I'm not getting younger. And after a while, you're like, oh, fuck, I got to make this work. You're like, I yeah. can't, I can't start over with something right now. Right. Um, right. And I think that sort of uh, changed something with them. And then when I started to get some jobs or guest stars and stuff, and they would see me, and I think it just made them so proud and so happy that that it just never they never brought it up again like are you okay. sure you want to do this okay yeah, yeah it was yeah. but it's weird because i mentioned coming out but like i remember when i came out in the 90s 
And my father was the, my parents were going through a divorce that year. And my father was really like the only kind of tough reaction to me coming out. He did not like it. And he had his whole process, which was not dissimilar to like the articles thing where he wanted me to like, are you sure you're gay? You know, he would, my dad would listen to AM radio, conservative AM radio. And he wanted me to go get conversion therapy and all that stuff. And like, Ah! I was like, at least, you know, I told him, like, I don't I won't do that. But I think you need therapy, you know, to talk (laughs) about this. But, you know, my dad would never have done that. But like it was a whole process of him not of, you know, accepting this and which he did eventually, you know, but it took a long time. But, you know, he wasn't accepting at first. Yeah. 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 Was he one of those like bare knuckle bruisers from the Bronx type Jews? No. Well, <laughs> no. My dad and my dad was just look, my dad and I were oil and water for most of our relationship. Oh, and it good. wasn't until the end, like where we had some sort of like uh, an understanding and like an ease with each other, which is awesome that I got to get to that point with my dad. But like my dad was like sports guy baseball guy but not like a bruiser and Uh he wanted like he wanted a son yeah i have an older sister but apparently my mom told me he cried when i was very old school misogyny but like when he cried when i was born because but man i was not the son he wanted (laughs) because i was not into any of that shit i was not into sports and we would just fight you know I just wanted to play with my sister's dolls and like <laughs> watch disaster movies <laughs> and play, trying yeah. to get you to care about like uh, RBIs and uh, no he went, baseball thing. I know. I was like, what's an RBI? <laughs> like, my dad, no, the, my dad, this was a conversation. This is how bad communication was. My father and I, we, we would go like, we go to dinner, the two of us, his way of connecting with me would be like testing me on like, the baseball teams and he'd be it's like oh my god this is terrible i can't go but he'd be like so it's the new york and i would have to go yankees yes and it would be the baltimore Orioles. that was our conversation but i would memorize that stuff yeah that was wow yeah Yeah. wow i mean (laughs) at least you doing that you now know more about baseball than i do so like (laughs) because i can i can and for like a game show, I guess I would do well on a game show. But what kind of questions would be like the Baltimore Orioles? You win ten thousand dollars. Hey, then it, look, Jeopardy's really devolving, so maybe that's the. Oh yeah, they are devolving. We can, any of us could host it at this point. <laughs> but like those quiz nights, sometimes I like my friends would invite me out to like those quiz nights at a bar or something like that, and sports would come up, and I would just like pray someone knew something. Would you pray? Uh, I don't care about a trivia night. I love trivia. Well, look, are you good? Are you good? Do you keep a um, lot of facts okay. in your head? I, okay, yeah. I well, depending on what the subject is. Okay, so not only am I an actor, I have been in my life. I've been on four game shows in my life. Like I grew up in that era where game shows were on TV, and I was obsessed. But I've been on four different game shows in my life, and um, I okay. So when I was a kid, we went on a field trip to this local TV. KTLA, there was a game show called Grab Bag. I was in fifth grade and I won an ant farm. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> I did. So, uh, but in in the 80s, uh, do you remember the game show Card Sharks? I don't I, even know if you got. I don't know. I, do, I remember mm-hmm. seeing it on 
uh, in syndication or something like if I was sick and at my grandmother's. That's, remember, that's the perfect way to watch it. Like that's how I know about press your luck. Awesome. Uh-huh. Much no whammies. I, but card sharks, I was on and they had a teen week and I went and auditioned for it and got on and uh, and then I won. And the, the I mean, you could watch this. No kidding. It's because it's I broke a record on that show. I won more money than any teenager had ever won at the time. What? And my yeah. And in the bonus round, because you're betting money, you're like betting whether a card's going to be higher or lower. So they thought it would look bad if kids were betting. So we had a for the bonus round, pick a parent to go on with. And I picked my dad because I, I knew he'd be upset if I didn't. And, <laughs> and my dad, my dad, full disclosure, had a gambling problem. <laughs> no, Bitch. no, no. But you were like, he's good. You were I, like, he's I, it good was life. really, I was trying, I was like classic closeted gay, trying to be a perfect son, swallow your emotions. I don't want to go on with my dad, but I'll be the peacekeeper here. I want to go on with my mom, but my dad's going to be upset. I'll go on with my dad. However, I was not a pushover. <laughs> and, and my dad and I, my dad was like, he would tell me every card that would turn, he would say, bet it all, bet it all, bet it all. <laughs> and I would just say, I wouldn't do what he said. Yeah. And he, we fought, we fought on national TV. On television? <laughs> On TV, I would say, he'd say, bet it all. And I'd say, $200 higher. And he would, like, literally, there's a shot of him behind me going, <laughs> like, this is on TV. So, but, I mean, really, if I, I got so lucky, but I won, this is the 80s, I won $22,500 on that show, which is a lot of money on that show. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. I know. Yes, yes. Win. Yeah. And I would have won more if I'd listened to my dad, actually. I just got lucky, but... Um, <laughs> But I was on that show, and then I was on, like, uh, there was a game show in the 90s called Shop Till You Drop. I won. Yes, yes. yes. I you won? So not only do you go on shows, you win. I didn't win on Scrabble. <laughs> I was, was terrible. Was Scrabble show? Oh, with Chuck Woolery. Do you remember who Chuck Woolery is? Oh, young? of course yes. I do. The dating game, his crazy. No, love Connection. Yeah, love, no, connection. He, love Connection, yes. Yeah, I did not. Scrabble was a show that he was doing at the same time as Love Connection, and it's incredible because there's it's a crazy amount of sound effects. Like you do anything, you put a tile in it. Like, <laughs> um, but I did not. I did terribly on that show. The last game show I was on was a trivia game show. To answer your question, I feel like I'm talking about it. But it was in the early 2000s, and it was called Hollywood Showdown. And it was on, do you remember PAX TV? Yeah, I do. Yes. Like yes. a very yes. like religious. Anyway, it was PAX TV <laughs> and it was all about Hollywood trivia. And I won um, like I'm an Oscar buff. Like I know like I have a trivia about the Oscar in my head and I don't even try. It's just yeah. there. And I won on an Oscar question and I like won twelve thousand five hundred dollars on that show. OK, that kept just, me going for a while. I'm going to say, I'm like, you are literally just paying for life. Because like when you were a teenager, what did you do with your 22? Did you like were you smart about it and you put it away? Was it like bar mitzvah money where some of it you got to spend a little bit of it, but the rest of it went to your college fund? Yes, but my bar mitzvah money, I got to spend none of it. That all went to my college fund. But that they they put twenty two thousand dollars in. I don't even know if they still have T-bills anymore in a T-bill account, which is a treasury bill. And they gave me five hundred dollars that I was allowed to do what I want. It was gone <laughs> so fast. Like, I remember that summer. I don't even know what I spent it on, but it was <laughs> gone. Like they opened up a savings account for me with $500 and it was gone, but they had saved, they put that money away and I didn't touch it 
until like when I got out of college, I worked at a hotel for like seven years and I had got, I was getting into therapy then. And my therapist at the time, like I wanted to quit so badly. This is before I, I was just starting to study the groundlings and I was so miserable and he, I wasn't touching this money. And he was like, what would happen if you quit your job and lived off that money? Cause which just seems like an irresponsible thing to do, yeah. but that wasn't my issue was I was too responsible and nothing was happening. I was like stuck mm-hmm. and I was terrified. It took me a long time, but I quit that job. And then I lived off that money for a period of time. And for whatever reason, I've been lucky enough that I've, gotten jobs, either acting jobs or whatever, or gotten on another game show one more time, but like (laughs) that I haven't had to have another customer service job, which I did even before the hotel. I did like, so uh, I'm not recommending that to people, but (laughs) it did weirdly work out for me. And it was for me a lesson in letting go and learning that it's okay to free fall sometimes in life. Because that's not, I know that's people, other people have an issue where that's probably not a good thing to learn because they're, they're but for me, it was like, let go and, and free fall and you're going to be okay. You'll figure it out. Yeah. No, that was my lesson. Yeah. I, I yeah. learned the same thing. And like leaving grad school to go to New York to do comedy was a total, like there was no safety net there. None. None. And I was just like, uh, this better work out in some way. <laughs> you better learn how to do it or else. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's it's scary to follow your crazy ass passion. <laughs> I know, it's a true nightmare. It's a true have, nightmare. You trust me when like it's not happening, and then your parent says to you, I didn't work so hard for this to be your life. And then you just have to be like, okay, and then have to figure out how you're gonna keep doing it without being terrified that you're gonna fail. How far yeah. did uh <laughs> When did your parent, one of your, I'm going to guess your mom, but yeah. when was that? You and I, I was 26 when we met, right? Uh-huh. Maybe 25. Oh. oh Maybe okay. like 20, yeah, like I was, I don't know. Oh, it could so have been, like like been like 26, 27. You were a baby comic. Yeah, I was a baby comic, but she was very like, but she also didn't understand, but also too, like I was doing temp jobs. I was, go- actually, no, it was, it was later. It was after I was working on season one of Broad City as an assistant. But then that was over because it was a three-month gig. Yeah. And then I was like kind of, you know, sitting on some of that money, just kind of like doing a little, like kind of waiting and see. And then I was like about to work at a temp agency, like temp for a little bit. And that is when she said it. So that was 2013. Okay. Like that was not, I was no, I was not that much of a baby. It's hard, but it's also like, you know, you're like, oh God, what a tough thing to tell your kid. But like, I I can't imagine if I had a child now, like, and they're like, I want to do what we're doing. I I would be so scared for them. Like, I would not be like, are you sure? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't, you want to go through this? (laughs) (laughs) I know. Well, it's also like, you know, we're not moneyed, right? Like, that's what I would have to tell my child. I'm like, okay, no, yeah, you could come home, but no, I won't like it. Yeah, but that's yes. about as much as I could give you. Meaning, right. like, I'm not going to be able to like pay your existence while this happens. Right. Yeah. And so, do you want to do it? You know right. what I mean? Like, just yeah. be honest about it. It also was weird because I never, as I said, I never grew up with people, anybody in my family that was in this business. So it just seemed, even though I dreamed of this and wanted this, it just felt also unobtainable. It was not. And, and, and even though I was pursuing it and I remember the first person I had 
met that I saw become famous. Um, I got I like, like someone you knew, you mean like someone? Yes. You like you at the him. ground, we assumed it was Jimmy Fallon. When we were, we were at, um, we were in the groundlings together. We were students and we were in a class together and me and him and this, my friend Beth, we kind of became friends. We were hanging out and I was still working at the hotel and um, I knew Jimmy did stand up, but I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't. And anyway, I didn't hear from him for a couple of weeks. And then I was working at the hotel and my, my friend Beth had called and I was sitting at the front desk at this very tranquil hotel, <laughs> the, uh, the pond of water. And so and so she's like, have you talked to Jimmy lately? I go, no, I haven't heard from him a couple of weeks. She goes, he has some really good news, but I'm not going to tell you. I'm like, this will tell you the year. I'm like, what did he like book an episode of King of Queens or something? So, <laughs> so that's literally what I said. Like, oh, he's gonna play a pl- plumber on King. I, I didn't know. That, that, that was the most obtainable thing to get three lines on King of right, Queens. Right, right, right. So then he called me like within an hour or whatever, and he was like, "Hey, Mister Jimmy," and then he goes, "Um, I have some really good news. I'm I'm a new cast member on Saturday Night Live," and my reaction was. <laughs> fuck you i said fuck you to him <laughs> was like i i was like he's like and he goes no i'm and not i'm a new cast member and i screamed like in the lobby <laughs> and i had and i remember seeing his first episode and like watching it and sweating because i was so nervous for him but watching that going wow that just i'm watching someone become famous like mm-hmm. like and and he's still going and it it was uh, it was like oh, I guess this is possible. And then then going further in the groundlings and seeing people that I came up with who are friends of mine become you know really well known and you know or just working a lot. And it's it's you know I wish it's a weird thing. I wish I can go back in time and talk to the child version of myself and say mm-hmm. this is possible. Like yeah. it's it's you know I know the articles are right. The odds are not in your favor. <laughs> But um, it's it's really hard, but it's not impossible. And, right. Yeah. Uh, it's you know, but it's hard. It's uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> especially after this last year. My God, it's Ooh. like it's a yeah. battle of depression, <laughs> <laughs> a battle of self esteem and self tapes. <laughs> oh my God, self esteem, self tapes. Stuff, man. I know. Um. Can we talk about relationships just for oh, a bit? Yeah, we're gonna answer, sure. We're going to answer uh, listeners' questions about relationships. Mm-hmm. So just to, uh, to kind of get a, a beat on where you're coming from, you know, were you dating before you came out to your parents or to other people? Were you dating at all? Um, uh, no, I well, yes. Okay. Were you hooking what? up? Is that what you're thinking? What, okay, no, not with guys. I think in high school, I had a friend who we were both in the plays together and he would like spend the night and we were, we all both turned out to be gay. And one night we kissed, but we never talked about it. Mm-hmm. And it was like, a uh, it, I couldn't deal with it. Then when I was an undergraduate in college, I was in a fraternity. God, <gasps> and like, oh, yeah, I was in a fraternity, a Jewish fraternity. ZBT and a couple um, people that I know who are in that fraternity also turned out to be gay and we were friends and we were all in the closet living in our little like I love girls. Um, so, um, but I I would I had a girlfriend like for in college that was it was terrible a terrible relationship. But I had not 
really been with a guy until I went to grad school at UCLA and my first boyfriend was, his name was Eric. Um, it's still, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Anyway, I, uh, uh, well, I'm saying was because he actually ended up changing his name, which is a whole different story. Okay. And it's bizarre when people do that. Uh-huh. So um, and so he, we he I knew he liked me and and I had a, my best friend had just come out. So I came out for Eric and I started telling people. But we had a, like we went out for like 10 months and my family did not know I wasn't living at home. And, mm-hmm. and then he broke up with me and I was heartbroken. Like it was, I, you know, you think, Oh, by the time I was like 25, then you're like, by the time I'm 25, Oh, I've experienced every emotion. And then I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I can't stop crying. And like, but it forced me to go into therapy and like, and, and come out to my family. Mm-hmm. So, um, what was the question? <laughs> yeah, before you came out, were you dating? But basically, no, no. I came out as I was dating. And then mm-hmm. that was so that was the first guy I'd really been with. Mm-hmm. That and Eric. now have are you someone who is like a relationship person? Are you a hookup person? Like, do you not trust these hoes in these streets? You know what I mean? Like, what is your approach to that it's, kind of stuff? That's complicated. I'm not, uh, I, I, I want to say I'm a relationship person because that's what I believe. But the, the, the proof in the pudding is I've been more not in a relationship than in one. I'm dating somebody now, mm-hmm. but like, I, I want a relationship and I, and I definitely feel like I'm, uh, want to be, uh, just one-on-one with somebody, um, I have hooked up. I'm not a big hookup guy. It's not, I, you know, I've never been like a big club guy. I just never like, that's never been my thing. Um, not any judgment of it. It's not, I'm not comfortable with it, I guess. Uh, but I, it, I, so it's weird because I've always wanted to be a relationship, but it's, I've been more not, but when I have been in a relationship, like, I mean, Eric was like 10 months and then I was with somebody for two years and, but that was long stretches in between. And then I was the long stretch and then I was with somebody for about five and a half years. And the person, you know, I'm dating this guy named Josh now. And, but it's been like really a, a 10 years or so since I've really, con- I've dated, mm-hmm. but now I feel like, Oh, I'm calling him my boyfriend like mm-hmm. that time. And uh, yeah. So it's, I think there's like, uh, there's some damage in me that like wants something, but like is afraid, was afraid to so really be vulnerable and go after it. Mm. So if that makes any sense. What's different about Josh or what was different about the guy that was five and a half years? Oh, um, what's different about you? I think it's me. I think, uh-huh. uh, I mean, they are different human beings. Uh, and, but I think, um, I, Man, enough can't be said about this last year, but like uh, being alone and like really uh, how you know, really thinking about stuff and really because I've been in therapy, but it really was like I I really need to take care of my shit because I'm like having sleep problems and I'm panicking in the middle, like I'm, I'm going to die alone. Like what's 
I need to talk about some of the stuff. And then I, I have some friends of mine. This is pretty heavy for no, we love this. This is, great it's called couples therapy. Okay? I love it. <laughs> this I is what we're it. here for. Uh, but like I had some friends um, who had done group therapy and they loved it. And they, the way they talked about it, I'm like, I want to do group. So I got involved and I found out about group therapy last year and it fucking helped so much mm. different than one-on-one for me because it, I have issues. I'm fine with one-on-one like this talking, but mm-hmm. like groups stress me out and I get very quiet and I, I can't, I'm not somebody who's like, you know, when you get a bunch of funny people together and everyone's out bit doing bits, yeah, yeah. I go quiet. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't like, I, I don't like being in a writer's room. I don't like, I just want to write on my own uh, or with one person. I'm not, uh, but I, it was helpful because it to just be with a group of people and, you know, have people to be vulnerable in front of them and have them call you out on stuff and, and to be okay with that. Oh, wait, they could do that. I thought it was going to be each of you just sharing your stories, you know, or whatever you're feeling in that moment. Yeah. Could, like cross talk and be like, well, you, <laughs> yeah, no one's really rude. And somebody's like facilitating the whole thing, but I'm sure every group is, is different, yeah, yeah. but ours is like, like, yeah, if you want to tell somebody, I mean, people, no one's abusive, but if you yeah, like yeah. want to tell somebody like, I, I'm sorry, I think you're kind of full of shit right now. It's okay. Mm-hmm. And, you, mm-hmm. and how to like deal with like someone saying that to you and going, I, or someone saying, I'm, that really pissed me off what you said, which is part of it, like going, because I don't like it when people are mad at me. And I also have issues with like admitting I'm mad. You know, that goes back to being the perfect little boy in the world, yeah. like being the gay thing. Yeah, admitting I'm mad and it can come out in really fucked up ways. Like, you know, it comes out real hot when I should have just said I'm mad. Um, but all that m- made me, I think, because I think that one of the reasons I, I don't talk about being mad or I don't talk about being hurt is a fear of being told I'm wrong yes. or I'm too much. Mm-hmm. or all that stuff or you know which is gaslighting you know it's or, or being told you're wrong right. and being dismissed is a real fear mm-hmm. of mine at least and so to and i met this guy on tinder and we started talking in december and then we moved to facetime real big move to facetime <laughs> and then but we actually didn't meet in person till like february because it was still like yeah, the yeah. numbers were crazy in LA and it was right the week where like, Oh, you, you can start going to outdoor thing. We met, but we didn't really start dating really, really dating until we got both vaccinated. And, um, but to actually like now what's different is like, I'm really making an effort to like, if something bothers me to say something about it, mm-hmm. but I, it's nerve wracking to me yeah, to, totally. to say it. But totally. if you, you want to be with somebody that you can say that to exactly. and not be met with like, I'm out and like, oh, you know, it's not easy conversations, but like, yeah, there's no way out except through this. Yes. And and so I think to answer your question, maybe that's what's different. And and I'm also like, sorry, I'm talking so long, but like I also look at it differently. Like, I think we're all like we're all victims of how we grew up. And what we thought was normal and Mm -hmm. to go like, oh, this person's crazy because they don't do it like I do it. But to go, oh, we're all fucking we're all so damaged 
we're all so damaged. <laughs> and to yeah. go, does your damage work with my damage? Mm-hmm. You yes. know, can I take your damage and can I understand it? And like, can we talk about it? Honestly, mm-hmm. it matters so much. And yeah. yeah, that all is like different now. I think, <laughs> I think I got, I'm good. trying not to, I'm trying not to fuck this up. <laughs> <laughs> and also that I'm dancing as fast as I can. I'm trying not to fuck this up. <laughs> <laughs> Spinning plates on the top of. Yeah, poles or whatever they. And also, I don't know. What are the, I, know I, what I, I have this image in my head from like the Sid Caesar show that I probably. Oh, saw da, 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 da. Yeah. When I was like six. Oh, Sid Caesar, you? you know. Oh, you're like I'm, how old are you? Like seventy five. Yeah, yeah. You, you look great. You look <laughs> so great. he moisturizes. He's a three moisturizer system. Me and Mel That's... Brooks used to write for Sid Caesar. <laughs> And Neil Simon, <laughs> bringing it back to Neil Simon. I think mean, he was a writer on, on Neil Simon since season two. Would your parent, if you had been in a less, in a like a more goyish a play, <laughs> how do you think, like the fact that they're like, oh, okay, well, he's doing something Jewish. Oh, you mean Brighton Beach memoirs? Right, if you, because if, that's what they saw. Yeah, what if you'd been like, mammoth? Would they have been like, I don't know about this? <laughs> uh, I, 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 weirdly, I think, sure, I don't think it hurt, but like, I remember my grandmother came to see the play. Oh, God. And I was nervous because I don't know how well you know the play, but there's a scene where the two brothers are talking about masturbating. It's actually a really funny scene. And like, the, the, it's just they're sharing it from it, you know. And I was like, my, how's my grandmother? <laughs> I'm going to do this scene talking. She was fine. <laughs> she thought it was funny. <laughs> I was really nervous about that. I get but, that. I get that. I probably would be nervous about that now. And even though it's like, I am an adult. Um, I feel like this is now that we have your backstory, you know what I mean? We have your bona fides. I feel like now, you know, this helps the listener as we dole out advice. You right. know, they got to know where you're coming from. Sure. I feel so, like we have set the emotional table. We have set the table. And now it's time for appetizers. <laughs> Serve up a meal. Okay, you guys, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. <laughs> a lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Can we take a minute and talk about Skims? Now, you know I'm a recent Skims convert, having tried their underwear in the last few months, and I am now living lifted, supported, changed. So I decided to keep trying new stuff. And let me tell you, Skims basics and foundations are where it's at. Yes, I recently got the soft, smoothing, seamless t-shirt. And y'all, it is so comfortable. It's been the perfect layer for me. I'm rocking it under a cardigan or a sweater when I want to keep it fitted and fabulous and not look all bulky. I mean, y'all know I'm back to work. Hashtag blessings. And I'm definitely that girl who is always cold in the office. Okay, I need my layers, but I'm still trying to look put together. And the soft, smoothing, seamless shirt is helping me get it right. 
And I also got the boyfriend t-shirt in Heather Gray, and it is so friggin' soft and comfortable, and it's giving casual but intentional when I wear it with a pair of jeans. I'm feeling very good at it. So if you want to give these and other basics a try, shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes extra, extra small through 4X. Thank you for the range, Skims. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Again, that's skims.com. Go check out everything they've got and the new t-shirt shop. Hey, y'all, wanted to pop in real quick and let you know that if you like what you hear and you want to support the show, there are a couple different ways. Most of our support comes from our wonderful Patreon community. For $5 a month, you get two bonus episodes of just us mostly spilling the tea mm-hmm. and occasionally searching for crazy bread in Los Angeles, plus lots of other bonus content. We love our page pals, and we couldn't do this without you. And if you want to join, go to patreon.com slash couples therapy pod. We also have merch, which includes Gotta Miss a Bitch and Jubu t-shirts, yeah. which you can find in the link tree in our Twitter or Insta bios. And for absolutely zero dollars, you can rate and review the show on Apple. Five stars, please. It'll only take 10 seconds and it helps us tremendously. Okay, that's it. We love you deeply. Now back to the show. Back with Mitch Silpa here to help you handle your scandal, honey. Hi, honey. If you, if you have not watched Two Old Queens with just a minute to catch up, mm. you, I really recommend it. Obviously, Mitch has many more credits that you heard in the introduction, but that is what really spoke to my heart. Speaking oh. of references, like Sid Caesar and like references to the past. Oh, it makes me so happy to know that that like these old references are in your heart. Like, I <laughs> yeah. love it. I, geez, I love it. Uh, yeah. Well, I grew up in uh, both, uh, I think, um, Animaniacs and Tiny Toons made so many references, and, and The true. Simpsons made so uh-huh. many references to stuff that existed before I was born from like yeah. the 20s and 30s and 40s. Yeah. And so I have this repository of references in my head that no one else seems to get. <laughs> I used to also, like, I, I mean, I grew up watching SCTV, which is like a big influence on me, but or like to watch it, if they would make a reference or like, I hated not knowing things. So like if somebody made a reference to somebody, I would like, what is that? Who's that actor? I want to know that. So I always like, and it was, I love And that's how you win game show money. Yeah. Okay. That's how you win the game show money. (laughs) But it's like, why as an eight year old, do I know who Mae West is? Right. That kind of. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like the big, the big question I want on that game show about um, Hollywood showdown was an Oscar question. And it was, uh, there are two, uh, two actors who've been nominated for best actor more than any other actor. And yet neither one of them have won. And they said, name one of them. And I knew both of them. <laughs> I said, oh, are they? well, I said, is it Peter O'Toole? And then, so I won. And then during the commercial break, the host asked me, he goes, do you want to guess the other one? And I said, is it Richard Burton? And he said, how the fuck do you know this? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> But since then, Peter O'Toole got nominated one more time, so he was the most nominated. Never won. Never won, (laughs) Peter O'Toole. Oh, poor Peter. Poor Peter. We got got questions from Instagram, Twitter, Gmail, and of course, voicemail, which is what we're going to start with. 323-524-7839 is the number we love when you call in. Here we go. Hi, Andy and Naomi. Uh, First and foremost, accomplishments and accolades. Andy, thank you so much for showing me what it means 
to show up for your partner, you know, relentlessly. Um, I'm a first time caller, long time listener. And I just remember like listening to you and every single time you just show up for Naomi and support her in any way that you can. Um, Naomi, what can I say? I have been a fan of yours since I saw you on, um, Cheeto Queen. But anyway, so I know I have a short amount of time. I wanted to get your advice because I'm having a really hard, I'm going through a really hard time in my life right now. I was with my partner for four years and of course we fell, you know, to the COVID curse and we ended up breaking up. Um, we had a really big life together, but unfortunately I was really toxic in the relationship because I had a lot of mental health issues that went unaddressed. So, you know, I was controlling, I was vindictive, I was, I was, I was just a horrible person. And so we actually separated and we were living in California at the time. And we had really big plans to move to Washington, which is where I'm at now. And I didn't realize that he was actually moving up here on his own as well. So now we both moved from California. We live about 45 minutes away. And we kind of started, you know, I went to therapy. I'm on my meds now and I'm having a really hard time because I'm now confronting all of these really bad things that I did in our relationship. And we're slowly talking because we unfortunately have to separate our dogs, which has been really hard for me. And, you know, in talking with him, I can see that he really just wants things to be easy. And I keep doing this thing where I just go down these really emotional conversations and like he points it out every single time that it's really draining and I see it myself. Hmm. So I guess my question for you is how do I, should I just leave him alone and try and move on on my own? Or do you have any advice? Like Naomi, I could totally use one of your pep talks. Like if you have one in you to give me, like I'm just, I'm really lost. I want to be better. And I just keep, I feel like I keep fucking shut up when I'm just, even with like the best intentions, I end up going down this path and I hate how I am. So I just really want to know oh. if you guys have any advice that you could give me because I want to win him back, I guess. Oh, so I think I'm out of time. So thank you so much. Oh, that was a bomb wow. at the end. I know. There's that was a lot a reveal. Here. That, that was, was a real reveal. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, God, he breaks my heart. <laughs> I know. I feel, yeah. I feel him in my bones. I really yeah. do. These feelings. Um, um, do you, well, okay. I was going to say, Naomi, do you want to start in yes, terms I of do. pep talk? Yes, I do. Um, yes, I do. Okay. Because this is something that I firmly believe that I feel like I need to just shout from the rooftops all the time. We have this like kind of prevailing thought in society that you quote get closure that you have to go to a person or do something for that no closure is something you give yourself so the thing is you're realizing you did a lot of uh mess up things in this relationship and you want to show this person that you know it that you're better that you're working on it but he doesn't need to know or see that for any of that stuff to be true and so it seems like you're looking to him for this, like, look, look, I'm better. I'm better. And as you said at the very end, which is so messy of you, you should have said that up top, that you were <laughs> like, I want to win him back. And if when you go to him and try to share this stuff and his response is it's draining, he ain't the one, boo-boo. He yeah. is the person who started you on a journey you needed to go on. 
Okay? But him not, like, wanting to be with you doesn't now mean you undo all that work. Mm. You see what I'm saying? It's like, I, I think it's very, I th- I'm like, oh, God, you had to both move to Washington. But, you know, you both had a dream. But 45 minutes is a pretty good amount of time to be apart from somebody. Like, you know, for a 45-minute drive away. But it's like, you yeah. don't need his recognition for you to be the person you are trying to be. Yeah. That's one of the most difficult things, I think, about, I don't know, about adulthood. I was going to say adulthood. Whatever. <laughs> about being human. Let's just go with all ages. Is the idea that there are just going to be some people that maybe you've wronged in a relationship, or whether it's a friendship yeah. or a romantic mm-hmm. relationship, for whatever reason, you just have to learn you're to the live asshole. with it. You're, you're the, the asshole. In their narrative, you're the asshole. And you have to be like, and hey. You have, to be, you have to be okay with like, all yeah. right, you know what? There's not much... I can do about it. I just have to learn to deal with it. And in fact, as the caller said, like the attempts to keep mm. rectifying that make things seemingly make things worse. Right. Right. It's making I, him feel pressure. Maybe. I feel this guy's pain and I, and, and I do think the reveal at the end is really the intention. And I will say, you're never going to get what you want from him, from your ex-boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Because uh, for a while I was listening, I'm like, oh, he wants to apologize and make amends and say, I'm sorry. But that's not what you want. Mm-hmm. What you want is to get back together with him. You want him to want you back. And you're not going to get that. Mm-hmm. Probably. I don't, I don't think you are. Yeah. It's, he's not telling you this. And to also understand, I know he's going through what he's going through. And he's he's in therapy and he's in meds. But what's not? I'm not hearing is really an understanding of what your ex has is, went through and is going through. It, I know that's hard to hear, mm. but your ex might have been brutalized by this. <laughs> it might be hard yeah. on this, yeah. and he may need to not get... He might be his going through his own pain mm-hmm. and his own healing. I've been in a relationship where it's with somebody who was not on their meds and, and it's, it's, it takes a bad effect on you. It's like, not, it's hard. Mm-hmm. I, to him, I, I just think it's 45 minutes is, is plenty to stay away mm-hmm. and you're not going to get what you want and talk to a therapist, talk to do whatever you can write out your amends, but you've said everything you want to, to this guy. Mm-hmm. And it's never going to, you're never going to get the answer that you want. And I want to say one thing about closure, because I have a little different take on it. Okay, I agree oh, with you that you're not going to get him. I happen to think you never get closure. I happen to think there's certain things that we hear like closure um, that aren't real. I think that you move on and things get easier but I don't believe that we ever fully, it's in our DNA and it's Mm -hmm. in our memory and it's fine. It's who we are, Mm -hmm. what we've done and the pain we've gone through. We want to move on, but it's there and it's, you make space for it, but I don't, I don't know if you ever really get closure in life with stuff. I think Mm -hmm. things just become less painful. You learn from them. They maybe matter less, but like, they're in your memory. Uh, you're, you're in your memory. So I, I don't know if you ever totally get yeah. closure in life. I get, I totally get that. I guess for me, I guess I, how I define closure maybe in situations is like, 
me coming to a place of acceptance. Sure. And that okay. is like the hard, like that's the thing I think that is like, you know, you want somebody to kind of absolve you and sometimes you have to just absolve yourself. You, have to be oh, like, yeah. you know what? Like I did dirty, I said sorry, but they're still mad and I have to let them be mad. But I, It's okay. I, yeah. yeah. I, I agree with Mitch, but like I guess what I'm curious about is like what does it mean to come to acceptance? Like the th one of the things that I, got, I talk about in therapy, I was going to say a lot, I, I – I used to at least was like that. There are all these kind of like, we say all this stuff, but I don't know what any of that stuff means physically. Right. What does it mean in my body to like, we use a lot of like, um, of, uh, of like physical metaphors about like mental things. And I just don't know what any of this stuff, like putting up barriers and stuff like that. I mean, sometimes I can say if like, there's something I can't say to someone, I kind of feel that barrier, but like acceptance, like what's the change in your body or whatever right. to be like, I'm, I, I finally reached a place of acceptance. I think it is. Okay. So you <laughs> know how you and I both like live it, Like we will think we can think of something we did or said 20 years ago and still feel really like we get a knot in our stomach. Oh yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. It's cringe nostalgia. Yes. <laughs> cringe nostalgia. Like, so you're still in a fight with somebody from 20 years ago. Exactly. Or I'm yeah, like, yeah. I can't believe I said or did that. And it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. girl, you were 12. And it's, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like being able to not have that not anymore for me, you know, or like, sure. I, I have some guys, especially boys. Like I was so into guys and it was like the, the thirst, the drama, the energy, the putting on that person, you know, nobody needs to be putting any 20 year old boy on a pedestal. Okay. <laughs> and I shouldn't have been doing it when I did it. And, but, to, to, but to realize, too, where it's like, that was a lot to put on that person. Especially a person who didn't reciprocate the feelings. Yeah. But I can say that to you, like, laughing now and not feel like, oh, my God, you're be so embarrassed. You know, like, I, there are very few people I would cross the street if I saw. I guess. Yeah. We don't have to say hi, but I don't have to right. hide. But we, I don't have to hide, you know, behind a bush. Yeah, that is a big one. I don't have to hide from you. I just—I know it sounds stupid, but it is a big one. I mean, the yeah, yeah. I—it's it's complicated. I think one another reason why the the closure thing is that I think, at least for me, like I I should be over something by now. I should be this. I should be that. I should. I, I said I was closure, and I'm and 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 I'm not. There's yeah. And and to and to go, it's okay. Like you don't have to beat yourself up if you're like, because stuff comes up out of nowhere, and you're like. Mm -hmm. It's all like a long fucking process. <laughs> yeah. But I feel yeah. this guy, like, I hope no. he stays away. I hope he. Just... Well, they've got the dog situation. Well, actually, what I was going to say. This, I had an idea. Okay. Okay. Like a positive step. Get your own dog. But he's still going to love his dogs that he had with him. I Look, yeah, I don't disagree. Uh, okay. But, like, get you, you don't have to, like, stop sharing custody or whatever you're doing right now with the dogs. But get another dog that's just yours. Interesting. I don't know. Also, this that. is also hard, too, because I was in a relationship where we broke up and we had a dog and we were sharing it. And it was hard because I was in and my therapist actually said to like we talked about it and I made a decision to let him have the dog because mm. as much as painful as it fucking was, I, it's you kind of make a decision like, well, is it worth it for your own mental health to yeah. keep hurting yourself? Mm -hmm. And um, it's, it's such a personal thing because it's hard to give up, obviously a dog, you know, yeah. we, we all love dogs, everyone right. here, <laughs> but I think that's great advice for him to get his own dog. 
like get his own dog and to stop it's it gives you at least something else to think about other than your own pain that's true yeah get a puppy you got energy to focus on a puppy that'll keep you busy a Uh real fresh one that doesn't know anything about how to pee outside (laughs) that's what you need something real distracting like that and or if there's or when you're sharing dogs too literally do it the way adults have to do it when there's joint custody meet at a neutral location you drop off the dogs, you pick up the dogs, and you go back to your cars. Well, yeah. you have to treat it like that for a little bit. <laughs> it's hard. It's, like, very hard. Yeah. But, yeah, you cannot hold out hope for getting this person back. No. Yeah. You cannot. You have to move through it. Yeah. Especially when he's telling you, I can't have these conversations anymore. Right. I can't do this anymore. He's telling you that. Yeah. Um, <sighs> the worst. Hey, you got time for one more? Sure. All right, we're young. <laughs> uh, this comes to us. I think they said I can use her name. So Kendra from uh, Instagram direct message. Hello, Naomi and Andy. I've got an advice question for the pod. I've been trying to online date through Quar, mm. Tinder, Hinge, etc., and I can't seem to make any sort of connection. All the guys I've encountered can't hold a conversation. <laughs> it always mm. fizzles after. We get through the typical, what are you doing? What do you like kind of conversation? All of which I've listed on my profiles. Uh, I'm a good sport. I answer. I ask something engaging back and nothing. What am I doing wrong? Am I being too critical? Am I actually the boring one? Are straight cis men just this exhausting? I'm at a complete loss for how to continue. (laughs) <laughs> Our streets just I, I think this is a men thing. I don't think it's straight. <laughs> I mean, God, I, I yes, when it was doing it, that conversation back and forth is terrible. I'm not good with small talk anyway. I like to mm-hmm. dig in. Yeah. So yeah. I hate that. I can only I got to the point where I'm like, I'll do three exchanges before like, do you want to meet? Uh-huh. I can't talk because it will be over. I can't keep telling you, oh, it's, yeah, the weather is great here. <laughs> like, <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I just, I guess I dove in, no, but I, 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 she sounds like she's trying to connect to these guys on like a real level. And I think there's only so much you can talk messaging back and forth and he's got to move over to another form. But you messaged for months in a way. I mean, well, yes, you did message, but you went to FaceTime, but FaceTime, yes. you're still like having conversation with someone who you have not seen in person yet. but there is a difference between looking at somebody's face and talking to them and then or messaging and it's 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 a step towards something and you're and there is something just talking to somebody and looking at their face Mm -hmm. and seeing their energy and like laughing because everything can be misconstrued on a a, 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 and it often is when you're messaging a joke could be like completely misconstrued, but um, yeah. Uh, anyway, I, go ahead. What were you guys going to say? I actually have an idea um, because I was thinking back to like when I had been dating on OKCupid. I don't want to hear about that. Prior to Naomi, because that's the only time I actually really tried to date. It was always just like I would be in relationships with people th- like we would just meet through like whatever activities we were doing and that's the first time where i'm like all right let's try this thing because i was in new york and lonely and uh didn't feel good um perfect but, time to meet someone uh, <laughs> I was, didn't feel good you're at your you're at your best and have a lot to oh, offer yeah 
fill my hole, please. <laughs> um, so, yes, I probably was not the greatest date also when I was like starting improv. So that's not no one wants to hear about third beats. Um, unless maybe Are you they, kidding me? I'm hard. In, <laughs> unless maybe yes, they're also doing improv. Exactly. Right. Maybe then yeah. we can talk about, you know, heightening, heightening, exploring, heightening, exploring <laughs> Laurent's <laughs> the Laurent. Uh, did you uh, see that famous Ruru set? Um, yeah. So, okay. So, um, ha- go in with something of your own. Go in, like, read a book. If you if you don't read, read a book. Read something interesting. And then say, like, hey, I was just reading blank. Whatever. I just started reading this book called Bullshit Jobs by this anthropologist, David Graeber, which is about the... Um, just all the kind of like middle management jobs that are that the people who do them find that they are worthless and they're wasting their lives. So it's not just he's putting like a a, a judgment on someone who's like a PR researcher or something like that. He is saying that the people he's talked to who are PR researchers say, hey, this job is meaningless and I'm wasting my life doing it. Okay. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> go and say, hey, I just read I read bullshit jobs. Uh, how do you feel about your job? <laughs> or f- no. something meaty. This go is too in, much. No. You think it's something, it doesn't That's have to be bullshit much. jobs. It doesn't have to be bullshit jobs. I know it's not. No, I don't it have to be that specific book. It could be. I, <laughs> <laughs> could be a tale of two cities. Could be a tale of two yes. cities. I just been reading no. tale of two cities. How's your city? No. No. Well, no. That, that, <laughs> I, that was a joke. Hold on. That was a joke for you guys. Hold on. I didn't really mean that, but like, hey, you know, it made me think about X blank and then come in with something that's a little more than just like, what do you do? All right. You know what? Yeah, I'm I get it. I, you guys, you are reading me with your looks. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, th- I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. It's tricky because you don't want it to come off like a job interview and you don't, you know what I mean? Like, you don't want to like come yeah. off like. Tell me a little bit about yourself or like where do you and, see yourself in five years? <laughs> oh god, these questions. And then you have to be careful with what your ends like. I love movies, like I love movies. And so if we get into a conversation about movies, and they're like, Oh, I saw in your profile that you like movies. What's your favorite movie? And then they list their favorite movie, and I'm like, Oh, you have terrible taste. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> like, so um uh yeah, I, it's really. I'm still sticking to like just have a few exchanges and then move on to. What something. was your first though? What was your intro conversation like with your current Josh? Josh, yes, I didn't know if I could say his name again. I didn't know how oh, yeah. much you wanted his name out here. But care. anyway, your first like like what was it in those first couple interactions with Josh that made you like say okay, let's move to Facetime? You know what I mean? Um, I, I honestly can't remember now. It was enough of a conversation where it was like, I think we might've made a joke with each other. And that was like, Oh, he's, he has a sense of humor. And then I was attracted to his pics. And then mm-hmm. I, I, we, maybe we were talking about something other than uh, what do you like to do or what something mundane. But I just remember it was, I pretty fast took control of it and said, do you want to yeah. move to FaceTime? And it was like around the holiday. It was actually, it was the day after my birthday was the first time we talked. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I can't, I, I, that's, that takes your question. That's well, no, but it was your- bantering. You started off with banter. A little bit of bantering, but not crazy amounts. It's just <laughs> hard. You don't, I, I feel like if I heard somebody, if somebody wrote me like, Hey, I'm reading this book, do you hate your job? 
I'd be like, oh, God. No, well, like, <laughs> hold on. Can we talk normal? Can wait, we wait, talk wait. normal? Can we backstrack for a second? That, sure, was sure. A, that was a terrible example. <laughs> it's just because that's what I was reading last night. So that's the okay. thing that's in my head. But like, I'm saying, come to it with something that's a little meatier. Whatever you've been reading or watching or something like that, engage with that. Hey, yeah. you ever read? You ever read David Graeber? You ever read this blank? What you did? What the book? Did you ever see? Who this do you movie? think the body is on White Lotus? Back before <laughs> you knew who the body was, I'm saying. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like something a la that, like wow. in the zeitgeist. Yes, yes, zeitgeisty. zeitgeisty. Sure. What you do? To, oh, this. What I did today? I did. I I was watching the White Lotus. Have you watched that yet? That's already a more interesting conversation to me. <laughs> yes. Yes. So zeitgeisty. Yes. Did yeah. you watch uh, Enlightened? And then that, that's where you can go to there. And then you can be like, oh, my God, that, that was a, what a great show. What about that episode where it was just about Laura Dern's mom? How You're great. obsessed with that episode that's just that's, about Laura Dern's mom. It's a great, it's a it's great, a great episode. episode. I'll give him that. It's a, I'm like, I think I should date him. I think we should date All I want is a man who talks about the Laura Dern's mom episode <laughs> in Enlightened. And that's all I want. Diane. Diane Ladd. <laughs> see, Naomi? I do see, honey. <laughs> I do see. But the minute, like, the minute you start, like, it gets, okay, that's, maybe this, okay, maybe I can drill down a little more, uh, because I'm, like, sweating and faint, and yeah. so uh, maybe that's what's, like, making my brain uh, not work so well. Oh, just breathe. It is, <laughs> it, it is the specificity of something. Like that, a good improv scene. Yes. Be specific. Don't just ask for a beer. Ask for no duels. Right? <laughs> Great. That reveals the character. The character's sober. But also, you can say, like, but yeah, I get what you mean, though, because it's like, it's the, instead of like, what do you like? You know, it's like, okay, what do I like? I don't know. I know. You know, it's like, what, what, yeah, like those like kind of big questions that are vague and kind of like. Yeah. And then what else are you going to say, too? Because it's like, what else can you? It's There's only so much you can say in this stupid fucking messaging back and forth. I'm still sticking to it's got to move on to meeting it, whether it's FaceTime or in person. It just you have to like FaceTime them. At least you can look at them and talk to them and see if you want to meet them or, you know. Well, but I, sorry to interrupt you, Mitch. Go for it. Well, I do remember that. Remember when we did Kirsten Vangsness on the show and she talked about how one of the things she was doing online dating, she was like, I have a Google phone number so I can engage with these people without them actually having my personal number. And then she will also like do a Zoom and stuff. So I'm like, that is one way to do it. Because the reason why I was like, that isn't to FaceTime is because I'm like, I don't want this hoe having my phone number. But okay. if you like have a little Google number, a little scramble situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zoom it. Zoom yeah. it. Get a VPN. Get a VPN, scramble your whereabouts, okay? Yeah, Make yeah. them think you live in the Caspian <laughs> Sea. And just have a conversation about that. <laughs> That's right. a great idea. Yeah, I think if you're going to online date, always scramble your whereabouts. <laughs> like you're being held hostage somewhere. Uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Great. Like a, a voice modulator. Yeah. You know, whatever you can Perfect. do. Perfect. Yeah, he's this running is... it through five different servers in the Ukraine. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. so okay, so... <laughs> Let's uh, let's sum this up. Uh, uh, Mitch says move to some kind of like meeting, either through Zoom, FaceTime, or whatever. Right. Quickly, Google phone. Yeah, Google phone. Scramble your number. We're saying uh, banter for a little bit and specificity. Specificity we- of these questions. Yes, and. <laughs> <laughs> and then also, as soon as these guys are boring, 
Because also, I, I imagine your frustration is because you're trying to keep a conversation going. It's and exhausting. Me, the moment he don't give you nothing to work with, bye. Or the moment, sometimes I would dismiss somebody if I, I oh, I, I forgot I did this. I would ask, if I'm carrying the conversation and messaging back and forth, I'll do it three times asking you a question. But after three times, if you're just answering my question and not throwing something back at me, I can't. You don't know how to communicate. Mm-hmm. You don't. Mm-hmm. You can't. you got to give me more than just I answered your question. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. And one last thing. I, I don't think it's just like uh, cis, straight cis dudes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think pe- a lot of people are boring. Yeah, a lot all, of people Regardless boring. of gender. Of all, like, all stars and stripes. People There's, of all stars and stripes are boring. Yeah. Equal and opportunity so, and boring. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a spectrum, a boring spectrum as well. We don't talk yeah. about that spectrum. And and I'm sure we're boring to people, too. Exactly. No, like, yeah. I disagree. No. <laughs> I disagree. A lot of those dates I went on before Naomi, I was the most enchanting person. Andy, why don't you describe bullshit jobs again? <laughs> <laughs> and then ask me if I feel my job is bullshit. Oh no. Oh no. I just read a tale of two cities. What's your favorite two cities that you, you like to tell a tale about? <laughs> oh my god. Oh. Actually, that should be your wow. next video with Drew. <laughs> just trying to make boring chat. Yeah, the boring chat. We did one where we were having a mild chat. I know. Uh, mild chat was so funny. Uh-huh. It was like, what's your favorite time of day? And then you were just like, 2 30. Gotta say, it does not feel great to be dragged, but. Well, <laughs> but does it feel good to be seen? Yes. Same. There you go. We it's see all you. love. We love we you. We love you. We see you. Drag but seen. I'll take it. <laughs> Dragged but seen. God, I'm so sweaty. Okay, Mitch. Me too. We turned off the air for this. That's why it's hot I outside. I know. You look matte, though. I will say that. You're looking very matte. Um, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. This okay. is my pleasure. You guys are a blast. You was... are the best. What a gosh darn delight. A gosh dang delight. And thank this you. is... Just to finally know you. To finally know me. I know. We're all best friends now. <laughs> what a treat. All right. See you all next time. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.